If you're pregnant and considering abortion, I have important news. I'm attorney Mosley Collins. Perhaps you know my phone number, 444-4444. In the past, I've spoken about personal injury accidents, but today I want to help you if you are pregnant and considering abortion. I know that's a scary spot to be in. So we've created a new organization called SaveYourBaby.org. If you call us, we have resources, medical care, housing, and more to help you save your baby. And it's all free. Many people now believe abortion is a bad choice. Even the woman who brought the original lawsuit legalizing abortion now believes she made a terrible mistake. I don't want you to make a terrible mistake. So I hope you call me at 444-4444. We will help you without charge. But in the end, it's up to you because only you can save your baby. Hi, I'm Lisa Collins, and welcome to today's teaching of Real Christianity with your teacher, Mosley Collins. Each week, we try to bring you a study of God's Word that will encourage and equip you to live a life that God can bless, to live a life of real Christianity. And now, I am proud to present your brother in Christ and my husband, Mosley Collins. Thank you, darling. Hello, and welcome to today's program. Today, we're going to talk about something Jesus told us to do, but which we don't do very well or very often. It's an area that if we focus on it for the next 20 minutes, we can reap huge benefits in our lives. We can lift and transform our faith if we will just think about this thing Jesus said to do. But before we begin, let me thank you for the privilege of coming into your home or your car via radio and sharing the incomparable Word of God. Before I graduated from law school, I graduated from Bible college, so teaching the Word of God is a special thrill for me and very dear to my heart. And I want you to know I'm with you on this journey. As Paul said, I don't count myself as having apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, which is Philippians 3, 13 and 14. This radio ministry is called Real Christianity. Do you know why I called it that? Because I wanted to help you and I wanted to help me live the life that Jesus talked about in the New Testament, real Christianity. I'm against that which is sometimes called Christianity, but is so, so much less. A watered-down commitment, a third-rate, half-hearted faith that is ninth or tenth priority in someone's life, where God comes after everything else that's important. I don't want that for me or for you. What I want for you and what I want for me is an uncompromising faith, first choice, first priority in our lives, a sold out for God, I surrender all, I shall not be moved type of faith. I want us to learn about and to live the kind of faith Jesus spoke of, the kind of life that's built wholly on his word. Jesus said the first and greatest commandment was, 
Do you remember? He said, the first and greatest commandment was this, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. What do you think? Are we there yet? Often we fall short of that. But that's the kind of love and life I want for you and for me. I want us to fill our lives with the love of God. I want the hand of God's favor on us. I want to be faithfully following Christ, come what may. In other words, I want you and me to live real Christianity. This radio ministry is not about money. No one here gets paid at all. It's about you and I living a life consecrated to God, a life of real Christianity. And if you will listen each week at this time, with God's help, I will strive to get us there. So with that in mind, let's consider today's topic. As I said earlier, I want to share with you a key to victory, something Jesus asked us to do. This key is a single word, and it starts with the letter W. Do you know what it is? How about worry? That starts with a W, and a lot of us do that. Didn't Jesus tell us to worry? He must have told us to do that because so many of us worry. But no, Jesus didn't say we should worry. He said we should watch. Watch? What should we watch? The late night local news, which is basically a collection of everything bad that happened that day? No, let's not watch that. Well, watch what? The stock market? The housing crisis? The news from around the world? It's okay to keep informed, but that's not the key I'm going to give you today. And watching that too much is not good for us. It's too negative. Watch what? Jesus said to watch for his return because he is coming again. Some people, even some people who call themselves Christians, don't believe he's coming again, but that won't stop his coming. Even committed Christians can get so tangled up in the things of this world that they forget to do this one thing, to watch to watch for the return of Jesus because he told us to and because he is certainly coming again. Let me read to you a passage that describes this. It is my all-time favorite Bible passage, and there are many Bible passages I dearly love and cherish, but this one is truly special to me. It's, first, it's found in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. I love these verses so much. I'm going to read them. And as I read them, let the truths of these verses and the wonderful promises and assurances they bring sink down into your heart and mind. So here's John 14, 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there 
you may be also. Now in this passage is a direct promise from Jesus when he says, I will come again and receive you to myself. I want you to know that every promise Jesus made, he will keep 100%, including that one. Now from this passage, we can learn a number of things. First, Jesus asks those who have a general belief in God to have a specific belief in him personally. Now there are many people who will say, oh, I believe in God, that's good, but it's not good enough. When we see the sky so beautiful, the sun coming up each morning exactly on time, when we think about the amazing solar system, when we see all of creation, it's obvious there is a God. You'd have to be a fool not to think so. But Jesus knows that's not enough. He calls us to something deeper. He calls us to believe in him. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. Believing in Jesus, that's what the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all want for us. There are so many verses that explain the wonderful relationship between the Father and the Son. Let me read just one. It's found in John 6, 37 through 40. Jesus said, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all he has given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So we see that if you believe in God, you must take the next step and believe in and adhere to and trust wholly in Jesus. And if you do, Jesus will raise you up on the last day. I told you that a key to victory is to watch, to watch for the return of Jesus Let's read what Jesus said about watching for his return. It's found in Luke 12, 35 through 44. Let me turn to that in my Bible. Jesus said, Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning, and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so doing, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore also you should be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. And who is that faithful and wise servant whom his master will make ruler over his household 
to give them their portion of food in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will make him ruler over all he has. Wow, what an amazing passage and promise. Let me go and show you something. We read in verse 35, Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. That is an uncommon phrase, but it also appears in the Old Testament in Exodus 12, verse 11. And that passage deals with when God ordained the first Passover. The Israelites were in Egypt, and God was giving, uh, going to judge the Egyptians and bring his people out to the Promised Land. In this passage from the Old Testament, God instructed his people how they should eat the Passover. Let me read it to you, beginning at Exodus chapter 12, verse 11. And God said, Thus shall you eat the Passover, with your loins girded and your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand, so you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt and will strike the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be to you a memorial, that you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Now let me skip down to verse 21. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs from among yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintels and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of your door of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through and strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintels and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over that door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses and strike you. Skipping down to verse 29. And it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of livestock. So Pharaoh rose in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. Then he called Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise, go out from among my people, both you and, your, and the children of Israel, and go, serve the Lord as you have said. And also take your flocks and your herds, as you have said, and be gone, and bless me also. And the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them away out of the land in haste. Now I pray that God can help me explain this passage to you. I want you to look at these parallels. In the Old Testament, the people killed a lamb and placed its blood on the doorposts of their houses and remained inside and were safe. That lamb was just a shadow of what would come in the New Testament. Jesus is our lamb. He was slain. His blood was shed 
on the cross of Calvary. If you have received Jesus as your Savior, you have his precious blood on the entrance to your heart and life. In the Old Testament, God sent a final plague of death throughout the land. Both Egyptians and Israelites lived there. How would the plague of death know the difference? When the plague of death saw no blood on the doorpost, he entered and killed the firstborn, from the son of Pharaoh to the lowest captive. But when the plague of death saw the blood of the slain lamb on the doorpost of a believer's home, he passed over it and did not kill the firstborn. That's how God separated the Egyptians from the Israelites. How he separated those who did not obey him from those who did. The same is true today. The death spoken of in the Old Testament is a shadow of things to come. In the future, God will judge this land and all the earth. The great and small shall stand before God and be judged. Those who have received Jesus have received his blood on the doorposts of their hearts and lives, and they shall be passed over by the coming angel of death, called the second death. And those who don't will fall victim to the second death, which is hell. In the Old Testament, God told the people to have their loins girded, sandals on their feet, and their walking staff in their hand. In other words, be ready to immediately leave for the promised land after the plague of death strikes those who don't believe, that is, the Egyptians. He wanted them to watch, to be ready to leave, ready to go at once when this happens. Jesus picked a similar phrase for his second coming. He said, let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. In other words, be watching for my return. Be ready when I call you, when I come for you. Your lamps burning. That means make sure your faith is alive, that you are really living real Christianity when Jesus returns. Now the Old Testament Passover was just a shadow of what will come because on the last day when Jesus returns, it won't matter whether you're rich or poor, but only if you have faith in him. I hope you are enjoying our teaching on real Christianity. If you have questions concerning today's topic, or you would like to receive a free copy of today's message on CD, just call us at 916-444-4444. That's 916-ALL-FOURS. Or you can visit our website at www.myrealchristianity.com. That's my realchristianity.com. On the website, you will find a list of all our past programs. You can choose whatever is helpful to you. Programs like How to Lead Someone to Christ, How to Start Your Day with God, The Lord's Prayer, Faith, and Seven Things God Loves to Hear You Say. Now, let's get back to today's teaching. Thank you, darling. We've been talking about making a decision to watch and be ready for the return of Jesus. The wonderful part about watching for the return of our Lord is this. If we are watching and he comes now, we'll be ready to go. And if we are watching and his coming is not yet, we will still be living the type of life God wants us to live. 
So watching, ready to go, our lamps burning, is a win-win situation for us, whether he comes now or not. No one knows whether he's coming now or in a thousand years. But believe me when I tell you this, there is nothing in the Bible that prevents his coming five minutes from now. I could even be in the middle of my next sentence and look and see him out the window coming for me in clouds of glory. Oh, I'm so filled with joy whenever I think of these things. Watching for Jesus, if you were in prison and someone was returning to set you free, you would be pacing your cell, watching the door for his return. If you had won the lottery and someone was delivering to you a million dollar prize, you'd be sitting at your front door watching for them to drive up. If your son or husband had gone to war a year ago and now was returning home, you'd be at the airport watching them, watching for their return, watching for them to come down the escalator, searching every face. Is that him? This is how we should look for Jesus. You know, a year ago, God gave me a special gift. And for about a minute, he allowed me to experience what it feels like when he returns. I'll tell you more about that next week, but it was a feeling of unbelievable joy. We here at Real Christianity hope that today's message was a blessing to you. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at 916-444-4444. That's 916-ALL-FOURS. Or you can visit our website at www.myrealchristianity.com. That's myrealchristianity.com. Here is a final thought from Mosley. You know, I don't want to end this broadcast without inviting you, my dear listener, to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that when Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth, his own received him not, but as many as did receive him, to all who believed in him, to them he gave the power and the right to become the children of God. They were born again and received the wonderful gift of eternal life. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, but you would receive him now into your heart and life, pray with me. Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. Amen. If you sincerely prayed that prayer, the Bible teaches you are born again. You have Christ as your Savior, and you have eternal life as you follow Him. If you want more help, please visit our website at myrealchristianity.com or call me at 916-ALL-FOURS. May God richly bless you, and I'll be here with you again next week. Thank you for listening, and until next week, may God bless you always.
If you're pregnant and considering abortion, I have important news. I'm attorney Mosley Collins. Perhaps you know my phone number, 444-4444. In the past, I've spoken about personal injury accidents, but today I want to help you if you are pregnant and considering abortion. I know that's a scary spot to be in. So we've created a new organization called SaveYourBaby.org. If you call us, we have resources, medical care, housing, and more to help you save your baby. And it's all free. Many people now believe abortion is a bad choice. Even the woman who brought the original lawsuit legalizing abortion now believes she made a terrible mistake. I don't want you to make a terrible mistake. So I hope you call me at 444-4444. We will help you without charge. But in the end, it's up to you because only you can save your baby. 